final segment of the show. It's Sat and Bic, Canuck Central. We have Fast Eddie Gregory and Ben Bastron producing the show as well. And it is Friday, and that means, let's just get to it right away and not waste any time. It's time for the Friday Mailbag. You send the questions in, our producers read them, we answer them, we have a lot of fun, and we look forward to it every single week. And a newsy one this time, because the Canucks, well, they're making moves. They're buying people out. They're paying people to go away. Remember when they said they wouldn't? Yeah, now they did. You have your phrase of uh, two things can be true at the same time. I've got mine of GMs and coaches lie in media (laughs) press conferences. They do. You're telling me they don't tell us the truth all the time? I am offended. Not that I think it was a lie. Just they're, they're telling their version of the truth. Yes. They're playing the game. Yes. That's all they're doing. And also, they're using any means necessary. To or their percentage of the truth that they want to tell yes. you. Yes. yes, exactly. Yes. The hidden truth, whatever that is. Like I, I got a message from a friend today. It's like, didn't they say they weren't buying people out? You don't need to take them at gospel every well, time they're in front of a microphone. But the funny thing is, they were pretty adamant about it. Because if you asked about it, too, like behind the scenes, like I, I kept saying, like, I keep hearing. I keep asking. It's like no. It's like they're not going to buy out OEL. Sure. Even Friedman was like, right, we keep hearing they're not going to buy. You know what happens? Out. That and then they lie. They Rea- lie. No, reality, reality caught up to them. Well, I did. I mean, you know what? Why are we? Why, why are we answering <laughs> questions without getting questions? Read the mailbag questions, please. It's my first off, time on the show. <laughs> starting off with Chris, is the OEL trade now the worst in Canucks history? Oh. I, I will even go a step further. Yeah. In the cap era. OEL trade might be the worst trade in the NHL. So what could be worse so far? Uh, because there's other trades that it's like a team just gave up. Like a Tyler Sagan. They just gave up too early on a player. Or a Joe Thornton. They, they shouldn't have done that. I'm really going after Boston here. Yeah. But this one is you made the wrong evaluation on a player. You then gave up a premium asset to get the player you misevaluated. And then you now have to buy out that player. I, I can't think of many trades in the NHL that are a triple whammy. For a term that'll be longer than the original deal. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, twice the length of the original deal. I genuinely can't oh, no, think of many length, trades yeah, that are yeah. that hit all three notes. No, it's it, it's pretty I mean the only trade that I think was as costly perhaps was Ottawa when uh, they traded for Matt Duchesne. Now, they made up for it when they traded Eric Carlson. Sure. And and some of the other things that they did, but I mean you know, the fifth overall pick ended up in in mm-hmm. um, Colorado the year afterwards. So, I mean, that's the fifth overall pick. Vancouver gave up the ninth overall pick, right? Plus, they have the cap hit. It, it probably is the worst trade in the cap era. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hard-pressed to find a worse trade in the cap era. And it's the most expensive trade in Canucks history. You know, um, $40 million in total Didn't, cash. So, Ottawa gave up that pick. But yeah. they, they then moved Duchesne at least to Columbus. Yeah. So they at least like salvage some part of that something. deal. They got something back, yeah. There's no salvage. There's none. It's no, just, no. It's just wreckage. It's, no, it is. It's, it's, it's just, like me on a Saturday morning. Yes. It's a sunk cost. That's what it is. Sunk cost. Completely sunk cost. This one from Ramon. Do you guys believe in this management team's plan? Will they be a contender before they have to reboot? Uh, yes, I do. I think they can. You know, like we mentioned, we, we gave a pretty good roadmap for what they need, and it's four significant things. Like they, they need a legitimate third line center, a legitimate top six impact winger. They need two top four defensemen, or at least one impact top four defenseman, and another guy on either side who can fill a role. 
So th those are the four things they need. They add those four things. So I think if you give me a timeline of between now and the start of next season, not this season coming up, but the year afterwards, I think they can get it done by then to fill those four needs. Even if you don't agree with the idea, they are following the markers of how to actually thread the needle. Yeah, can they do it? We'll see. Yes. But they're fo you're right. And explain what you mean by following the markers. If you're, again, I'll just go back. If you're actually serious about trying to win, mm -hmm. then you can't you can't have Oliver Ekman Larson on your roster. You just simply can't. And they haven't, again, outside of JT Miller, they haven't really made massive commitments. But JT right. Miller was also this incumbent. And I know people are like, oh, Mikheyev. Well, Mikheyev's, again, 4.75. And he unfortunately tours ACL, so that hampers what we actually saw of him. But if you're trying to thread the needle, you want a guys who are in their physical prime that are competitive. So they're trying to thread the needle. Again, you can debate the merits of it, but they're doing all the things and then trading out Horvat and using the assets to go get other pieces like a Heronic. They're trying to serve both masters, but they've also built the baseline of all those guys that you're talking about, this backfill of... 21 to 23 year old prospects that you need they're doing that too at the same time and the thing too is it is also called threatening the needle because they can't they still don't have much margin for error they have some cap space they have some flexibility but they still have to make like the next two trades they make you can make two free agent signings over mm -hmm. the next two years that are impact guys i think but the next two big trades you make you have to hit mm -hmm. so that's why it's called threatening the needle it's possible but it's not going to be easy from brandon what are the consequences if the team falls flat on his face again to start the season? Well, everyone's kind of secure. Yeah, I think the consequences are... Um, you know what the worst consequence is? This is the worst consequence, that you don't sign Elias Pettersson. Yes. You fall flat next year, and he says, I want out. That's the worst consequence. Now, if you get Pettersson signed, though, before the season, the worst consequence is it sucks. Everyone's going to be unhappy. But like you get through the year and you see what you can do the next year. But but then what happens? You're on notice. That means Benning. Uh, sorry, Benning. He's gone. But we talked a lot about him today, I guess. But uh, that means Alvin is on notice. Rutherford. Is he though? No, I, th I think so. I think if you missed the playoffs two years in a row and you came in. For Jim two and Benning I barely made the playoffs. Hey. And it's like, yeah, contract they, extension, contract extension, contract extension. I don't disagree. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. This is a very favorable job because we just saw <laughs> GM get eight years. I agree. But I'm just saying. I'm also saying because, I mean, Rutherford's not going to be here forever. So if sure. he goes away, I, I'm just saying if you miss the playoffs next year, I think everyone's on notice. On notice. Like, you got to, you know, that means the next year becomes big. But the worst case scenario, if you miss the play, if things go awry to start next year is if Pedersen's unsigned. From Kevin, what is the future of Jack Rathbone as an NHL defenseman? Or is he an NHL defenseman? I don't know if he's an NHL defenseman. The future for him for an NHL defenseman is being a sheltered third-pair puck mover who can give you some offense on the power play. Which isn't bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, for a guy who's a you know, late-round draft pick, that would be a great career in the NHL to be that. But I think that's kind of his ceiling. I found this odd looking at it. It's going to be eight, seven years since the day he got drafted. Oh, yeah. And we're still asking that question. Yeah, he's like 20, he's be 24 this year. Uh, is it 25? 25 already? Dang. It's Yeah, he's, he's not young. Uh, well, he's young. He just turned 24 in May. He yeah. did an extra year. 24. Cool. I mean, he only has yeah he only has a couple years of con uh, team control left. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like... It's, it's kind of put up or shut up time. More now, the, the opportunities haven't necessarily been there for him, so now here's this opportunity that's been crafted. He's got NHL traits. Yes. And I... Even from, like, minute one, because we were just talking about... Like, yeah. Like what's happening here? Those the first couple of years he arrived, just just play him. Uh, and, and health has been an issue at the AHL level. I, I think there's a player there, 
but we just haven't really seen it with the the level of consistency you want. Yeah, and now at least you know, like we mentioned before, the third pair is now an opportunity. There's an opportunity now with OEL gone that you can have a guy who's an offensive guy who can shelter in the third pair. Can Hirose win that spot? Can Rathbun win that spot? Can Willannon win that spot? Heck, could Breezebois vie for that spot? Now there's a chance for one or two of those guys to make the team. From Dylan, what did Canuck fans ever do to deserve the misery they've gone through? It must have been really bad. It's a downside uh, of living in such a beautiful city. It's like you can't have everything. You can't have a competitive hockey team. <laughs> Let alone a good one, a competitive one. Uh, two uh, riots, maybe? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it's a riot. I don't think there's anything they've done, honestly. There's nothing no. they've done. It's just how it happens, man. It's just how it happens. Fandom, man. It's just... <laughs> Sometimes you're just in a bad spot. It's like Sat. He's a Cleveland Browns fan. If Sat was like at the library and picked up a Cleveland Browns book, can you imagine if he picked up a New England Patriots book? Yeah. That's how. That's what happened, literally. Just, just I mean, imagine. That's what happened. I mean, it's just, you know... That's literally what happened. It's Tom Brady, kid. <laughs> yeah, if it was a bit later and read about Tom Brady, I maybe would have been a Patriots fan. But I'm too old. Couldn't You couldn't read the John Hanna book. You had to read the Jim Brown book. I know, right? <laughs> From DG92, if Benson is there at 11, do the Canucks pick him? Uh, not if Willander is there or, or Danielson, potentially. I don't know. I I, I think preference-wise, and it's not to say they, w- they would... I mean, I just think they have those two guys pretty high, but... I do think they liked uh, Benson. Mm-hmm. Like I do or think what's they not like, to like. Yeah, there isn't a lot not to like about Benson, but it's a hard question to answer because it depends on who else is there. To be honest, right? I would lean towards no because I think somebody they may have hired is going to be there. That would be my guess today. Uh, I, I was going to ask you a question, but uh, I feel like we should get to more mailbag questions. Okay, you, you want to save it for later? Or you just ask it. All right, I'll just ask it. Because uh, we were actually planning to do this before the OEL yes. buyout happened. L- let's say there's four guys you like at 11. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, we, we can trade down to 15 and still get one of our guys. Yeah. Or, yeah. So what needs to happen before 11 to incite your trade down propositions? So, like, what guys are you looking at? So, like, I want this guy to go, so the guy I really want is still available for me at 11. Okay, so I, I, the guys I really want to go, I, I really want... Uh, Who's bring... not on your crush list, basically, is what I'm asking. Oh, I'm going to give you a few names right now. <laughs> so excited for this. All right. I, I, I just know what's going to happen. So, Sat and I, like, view things too differently, and we're going to say the same players. Uh, okay, uh, so I, I really hope... Let's see here. Let me bring this up. And uh, I want to clarify, like, th- th- these are really good players. No, they are. I, I really hope that Gabe Perot uh, goes Kay. really high. Like, I really hope. I hope Edward Shale goes very high as well. Like, really hope he goes high. He won't go before 11, though. No, but he, you know, you know. I'd say those two guys for sure. I, ho- I hope Sandine Polika goes super high. That's one. Like, I hope he like, goes super that's high. That's number one on my list. I like him, but. He, again, really good. He's, I don't, I don't, if I'm the Canucks, I don't touch him, though. But, but we're, like, <laughs> sitting here talking about, it's like, hey, they need PKD man. You yeah. know who's not a PKD man? Yeah. ASP. No, he is. So right? if, he, if he goes, like, like eight, it's like awesome. And even Benson, to be honest, like if Benson goes inside the top ten, because it's not like I like Benson, but he's not exactly what this team potentially needs or whatever. Like, I would, I, I wouldn't be happy. Like, ah, oh, that's good, that's fine. I, I would be stumped if I'm Patrick LV. I'd be stumped if like my two options were Barlow and Benson. It's like the the, the top. Oh yeah, if that it, happens. it goes consensus. Your board, it's like the top ten go, and it's Barlow and Benson. You're like, oh, that's such a tough choice. Yeah, I, then you may have to take Benson, but Barlow's pretty close, man. I like Barlow a lot mm-hmm. as well. I really like Barlow. All right, back to the mailbag questions, from not Ian, big questions. From Ian, now that Tart Harvey has had a couple of drafts, how do we evaluate and characterize the current amateur scouting department 
What, if anything, has changed in their approach and process? I still think it's too early. Right? Yeah. Like, no first-round picks for uh, two years. Yeah, we haven't really seen enough from the draft. I mean, I I think it was positive this season in terms of what they did with a development standpoint. Mm -hmm. In terms of uh, evaluating amateur scouting... There have been some positive things that we've seen, obviously, develop a little bit. Like, I thought, like, Hiramaki was fascinating this the, past the year. The fact that he had a great second half. Yeah. Like, like great second half. Yeah. Like, he was well, really good. Playoffs. Yeah. But really good uh, playoffs. And he looked like the player they drafted. And he was the best. Out of the youngsters that were, like, outperforming him, mm-hmm. he looked, like, clearly the best player. And, I mean, hey, it's amazing how a player overcomes a concussion and being sick and how much better he is, right? Mm-hmm. And who would have known? But, like, DT is getting some hype. Yeah, he's been playing really well. The one weird one would be, like, well, they traded Myron Burke. Yeah, That's but that wasn't, that wasn't uh, you know, this regime's guy. But if we're talking about Todd Harvey. Todd Harvey, yeah. And the department's changing a little bit. Sure. Um, it's hard to really evaluate. Too soon to say, but I'd say it's overall fairly positive. All right, next one. From Austin and Langley, I think timing makes for better context here. What is your most... Chaos Canucks trade or event hot take for this offseason now that OEL has been bought out? Oh, man, I haven't even thought about that. It's uh, a good, good question. The biggest hot take. Like, I remember just being stunned that oh, that they went out and acquired OEL. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that style of trade. I'm talking about that level of trade. Right. Like, what would be the one that, would like, really stuns you? My stun... Okay, it stunned me. I mean, it's a hot take, but I, I think they're going to go and, like, sign sign another impact winger. Like, I think they're going to sign, like, Barbashev or something. That's, like, my take. They'll give him, like, $5 million or something. And people are going to be like, what? Are you paying another winger? But, like, if they... Like, if we mentioned, they need a guy like that, right? But it's more like, yeah. is that what you're prioritizing? That's my hot take, though. Like, I keep looking at this team and saying... They still they they still want different wingers on this team, man. Like, see, they can play the forechecking style that Talkin wants yeah. currently with this roster. How do you improve it? A third line center and a winger. I'll Watch out this, for the winger. I'll, I'll say this just to annoy Eddie. <laughs> the chaotic move, William Nylander. Woo! I'll put that out. There. I see what you're trying to do. Oh. I feel those hacks and wax <laughs> to the backs of the ankle. I'm just gonna ignore it. I'll put that one out there. You're just poking the bear. I totally get it. I totally get it. But what if? Say next week, all of a sudden, hear Gary say, We have a trade to announce. I'm excited. I think you're going to want to hear this one. The Vancouver Canucks. Just like the Canucks are on the clock. And we have a trade to announce. Just the utter gasp you'll hear in Vancouver. (gasps) All right, let's lighten things up a little bit here. Change things up a little bit. Where am I on? Yes. From Austin and Langley, is it a coincidence or evidence that Dan has taken holidays, in quotes, after a car was seen driving on the seawall? <laughs> again? Again. It happened again? Well, that's why he got suspended. I mean, <laughs> that's why, That's why. no, he, he took time off. <laughs> oh, man. Just a coincidence. That's just, just a coincidence. Nothing to see here. I don't know, Pop. I don't know, Pop. From Discount Dracula, what color clothing gives you a little bit more confidence boost when you wear it? Black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wear a lot of blue. Yeah. Like a significant amount of blue. But the one that I actually always like, orange. Orange? I don't have enough orange clothing anymore. Some of it's worn out. And, yeah. But orange was always uh, one I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm peacocking today with some yeah. orange. <laughs> 
<laughs> but literally, his... what, what what color clothing gives you the peacock effect? The orange, orange. orange. That's yeah, for him. Yeah. Uh, like so, so I'm I'm pretty like during the during the uh, winter winter and fall. I'm usually just like black, gray, and some green. So that's like Jay Z. I'll. All black, everything. But but in uh, in the summertime, and then, you know, I like to th- add, add a little spice. I'll wear some green. I'll wear some blue, some pink, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man, of everything. you've been rocking today the pastel colors. Day. Yeah, man, a green hoodie and green shoes today. Yeah, green hoodie, green shoes. I'll do the uh, pink uh, shirt too. I mean, yay, summer and spring, you gotta get colorful. All right, mixing things up a little bit, bit more local content. Content. What is LL Cool J's best song, and what's the best movie or TV show he starred in? Uh, best song, uh, Headsprung. Pheno- uh, he- I'd say Phenomenon for me. Yeah. Is it too easy to say? Mama said, "Knock you out." No, it, that's it, fine. It, it, it is almost too easy. It is, but it's fine. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's fine. I mean, the, I mean, I didn't like the original El Kooji stuff as much as some of the later stuff or mid '90s mm-hmm. stuff like Loungin, uh, song songs like that. I love that version of El Kooji. His, by the way, his autobiography was pretty good. I read it when I was in high school. Uh, his best show is Lip Sync Battle. I mean, he's not really featured too much. In it. Like he's it. the host, but I haven't it's, watched it. It's definitely lip sync battle. Haven't watched it. You've not seen clips? No. Like Tom Holland doing Umbrella. Oh. LL Cool J hosts that. Yeah. And Hathaway really. doing so uh, Wrecking Ball. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a weird show, but yeah. Well, what shows is he on? It's literally the only one I know. When he's oh, on he CIS, does, the murder, yeah, right? yeah, I was supposed to say yeah, one of the CIS. CIS. Yeah, yeah. There's like 50 of those shows. I don't know which one he's on. Is he on like the Denver one or like the Albuquerque one? NCIS Denver. <laughs> or Albuquerque. Just pick a pick a city and away we go. Yeah. And I think this is the last Mile one. Mile high crime. <laughs> NCIS Utica. <laughs> NCIS Utica. With shots of the Utica Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. Who robbed Thatcher Demko? <laughs> Remember that story he told? Yeah. Anyways, what go you on. Rob? Yeah. 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 LL Cool J coming in to save, <laughs> breaking into the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and finally from JL Favorite 90s hip-hop artist or group? Oh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, again, you want an easy answer? Is Tupac is the easy answer. It's Mace. It's birthday today, too. <laughs> Mace. It's <laughs> my first CD I ever bought was Mace. Oh, that's good. That's good. I was big on DJ Quick during that time, too. But uh, Oh, yeah, I'll forgive this one. Uh, Fuji's. Fuji's. It's the that's only good, yeah. CD I've ever worn out. I didn't even know you could wear out CDs. You could. Yeah, uh, you can. I wore out the Fuji's score. Yeah, especially if you had like a, a wonky CD player that would spin a little bit, it would hit, it would hit and scratch, and it would sure, get a little yeah. messed up. I actually heard a busker today belting out some Fuji's. I should do a pretty good really? job of it. Well, let's go. Yeah, I wish I had some change to flip as a tip. Yeah, that's good. It's it's one of the like only albums I still listen to in its entirety. It's still yeah, it's fancy. It's like a story. It's it's so yeah. good. Yeah, that and Black Album are two of the, like the, the ones I do. Yeah, well, Jay Z, a Nas in the '90s, I would say, big Nas. Yeah, big I was more Nas. 2000s when Jay Z. See, I was see, I was bigger fan on like Nas's Illmatic is probably to me is the best yeah. album of all time. One of the best ones ever. Yeah. That's it. We're done. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Rousing edition. Yeah, great edition of the mailbag. Appreciate all the questions and all the comments. Um, we'll try to get you know get some more of these in coming up later. I mean, Jeff Rill said this one. Do you think the Canucks will uh, the buyout means they're drafting a defenseman with a first round pick? I don't think it means yeah. that. Um, if Ryan Bacher's there, Ryan Bacher's there. It's or, not like, oh, well, we have OEL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it does that. But, or Willander. Or... But I think you know if they have their way, they'd, they'd obviously love to get a premium position player if possible. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it possible? But you know, Bick, you know how how it's kind of 
we've been you know having a lot of similar discussions in different ways the last little bit about and it's always come down to well it comes out of cap space yeah and every time we have conversations about hey what are the canucks going to do this offseason was like well if they get cap space if they get cap space was always the disclaimer and if you didn't mention the disclaimer god forbid Bic, if you didn't mention the disclaimer you get a rush a flood of text yeah. messages people say you moron how what, with what money are they going to do this with now it's not a lot of money but it's some money it's 6.5 Four, six point five, somewhere yes. in that range. Six sixes, and also, and then LTI money, right? So oh. you're looking around ten, and that's if you before you can even move a Garland or a Besser. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like the the possibilities are there now for them. There, and they have some possibilities. So you know what we can talk about is some legitimate possibilities. And with the Vancouver Canucks clearing this money, the other thing is. Not that they have anything imminent, but they're working on things. And with the draft being just under two weeks away, at any moment, there could be an emergency edition of Canuck Central if something happens. So stay tuned for that potentially over the weekend and, and any time during non-show hours on Sportsnet 650, depending on what happens. We're into that phase now of the offseason. Finally, with the Stanley Cup Finals over, what else is in store? I just realized, uh, a mailbag question. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, Patrick Alvin will stop saying cap compliant now? Yes. Because before it was like, oh, we're going to be cap compliant. compliant. It's like, well, now we have cap space. Yes. He can drop the compliant. Yes, he can. He can. For now. Until <laughs> yeah, they for, <laughs> until they spend $8 million. It's like, well, we're still going to be cap compliant. Again, so they have they have, they have have $6.4 but they can also go into LTIR upwards of $5.5 So they could potentially be sitting with 12 point something in cap, in, in cap space. Potentially. Potentially. Not that you want to use all of it, but here we go. We went from like five million in LTIR space to potentially twelve million dollars of mm-hmm. cap space, including some LTIR space. So that's where we're at. We'll see what the Canucks do with it, and we'll be here to discuss it and let you voice your opinion as well. Thanks everybody listening. Appreciate all your thoughts. Thanks to Fast Eddie Gregory and Ben Bass for producing the show. Appreciate all your help today on what's been a pretty eventful day. He's Bick Nazar. I'm Satyar Shah. Appreciate your time, and we'll chat again soon right here on Canuck Central.